0: This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 394 with Marithu Parikh. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, as well as any discount codes from our sponsors, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 394. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms Marithu Parikh is a shameless mom of two teen boys, a productivity speaker, trainer, and coach who helps high-achieving women skyrocket their time and their energy while squashing overwhelm. She excites, educates, and entertains audiences all over the country on simple strategies to stop feeling scattered, to overcome procrastination, and exceed goals professionally and personally. Her strategies on streamlining tasks and mastering habits have been featured in the Huffington Post, U.S. News & World Report, Good Housekeeping, and many other media outlets, in addition to her own Roku channel with over 200 videos on organizing. A former serial procrastinator, Marithu is a best-selling author now of Accomplish It, Seven Simple Actions to Get the Right Things Done and Achieve Your Goals. So listen in to hear her share how her practice of saying no has given her tremendous clarity. The power and importance of saying no to yourself, especially when you're in the habit of creating undue urgency. Three tips to doing it all as a busy mom with lots of balls in the air. Her BPS method to minimize overwhelm and stress. The number one things moms say is missing from their life and how to find it. And why she calls BS on people who say they can't have structure in their life this was a fun interview. I love this conversation. And I know that everything I just said, you're like, yes, I need that. I need to minimize overwhelm and stress. And I need to stop creating undue urgency. And I need to like overcome procrastination and stop feeling scattered, all the things. So you're going to love this conversation. I'm so excited to have you hop in, listen in, take some notes, and maybe implement a few new things to simplify your life. So with all that said, welcome Ritu to the Shameless Mom Academy. Marie Vu, thank you for coming to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so excited to have you here today. I am so excited to be here and share on the Shameless Mom. This is so much fun. Thank you. We're going to have a blast. This is going to be great. I can tell from our, I always get a good sense of energy from the pre-interview and I know this is going to be good. So awesome. yes. So tell us a little bit more about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio and what you're most excited about right now. Sure. Well, in my bio, it does say I'm a mom of two, so I didn't have to say that. Yes, a shameless mom of two, right?
1: Yes, right. Shameless (laughs) mom of two. And they are now 13 and 16. So I feel like I've hit a entirely different spectrum or phase of my life (laughs) that I am completely unprepared for. I don't care how many books you read. I'm like, I did not know what was going to happen. So it's interesting. You know, it's fun. It's interesting, but it, it is challenging. I think every phase or stage kind of brings its own challenges. Yeah.
0: So um, do you have boys or girls or one of each? I have two boys.
1: Okay. Okay. Two boys. And so one just started driving, you know, just all these things. You're like, I cannot believe this is actually happening in our house. Yeah. And then personally, but on the, the flip side of it, since they're older and my older ones, a sophomore in high school, and I'm getting this like nesting feeling like he was a baby again. Like I've got to get everything done before he leaves, go to college. Um, like, like like we're nice. scrambling it. So now we're like planning trips left and right. It's hysterical. I think we're going on like three international trips in the next year because I feel like we only have this many – vacations left with him. Then he's going to fly the coop, but then I don't know if he's going to come back. And so that's kind of funny. And is, it is really cool. So that's what's going on personally. Mm. And professionally, I recently launched my life in control program, which is a personal one on one coaching combined with group support and accountability. And it's going awesome. And I'm really excited about that. So yes, there's just like a lot of big things happening right now.
0: So fun. So exciting. Right when you said life in control, I was like, oh, who doesn't want that? Like we all want life in control, right? (laughs) Sign us all up. (laughs) I love it. So I'm assuming that your passion for this work and for life in control came from your own experiences and overwhelm and stress perhaps. So can you tell us what overwhelm, stress, and procrastination have looked like for you in the past? Sure, I can go to the past, and I could probably go to today.
1: you know Great. all
0: we'll oh. take it all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but i I will say probably the one of the most overwhelming times, but uh, you know, I think that really started me on this journey was when I got married. <laughs> I got married, so this is a crazy story, and I'll keep it really short. But basically, in eight months, I met my husband, we dated, we got engaged, and got married. And then three months later, or two months later, I was pregnant with wow. pregnant with my son. And yes, in that order, because everybody was doing the math at our wedding. <laughs> like, wait, wait, it? <laughs> and so before my first anniversary, we he was born a month before that. I mean, we had barely even, fin- we hadn't even like, you know, finished unpacking our boxes together or writing right. our like, wedding thank you notes yet had <laughs> right. <at> a baby. <laughs> so I was like having wedding showers and baby showers. And then- I was at that point. we were in New York City. I worked at a really stressful job, very late. I felt like I never saw him. My nanny was bringing him up, and then we get an opportunity to move to Nashville, which I couldn't even imagine because if you live in New York or LA, you think the whole world like revolves around you. But my husband at the time said the magic words were: "He said if you move to Nashville, you don't have to work." And I was like,
0: "Done. Sign me <laughs> up.
1: Sign me up." You know?
0: I imagine, and it was I'm just thinking like, is there culture shock when one moves from New York to Nashville?
1: Yeah. So it
0: was like, okay, so now the
1: baby, you know, we've like known each other for two years. We've moved to Nashville. I have no friends, no family, no job. And it's a completely different culture. So mm. I would say basically that's what kicked me off. Like that whole kind of two and a half year period, yeah. <laughs> that was just great. Like the amount of change and transformation, mm-hmm. you know, in that, in that couple of years, just rocked my world. And that's yeah. kind of actually what, and what really started getting me into all of this at that time. Yeah, that sounds like a lot. <laughs> Can I ask how old you were when all that happened? Yeah, I was. So I was married at thirty. I had him at thirty-one, and we moved at thirty-three. Okay,
0: so in three years, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I think that one of the things I noticed, I had my son at almost thirty-seven. And I feel like when I look at people who had kids like 10 years younger than me, I'm like, oh, look how like adaptable they are. They're so like easygoing. <laughs> so I think there's, a, there's, when you have big life changes in your 20s or maybe even your early 30s, I think sometimes you go with the flow and then you get to this point of like, holy cow, how did we do all that? And then when you try to do that stuff like in, you know, late 30s and 40s, you're like, yeah, we're, no, we're just not doing that. Like we're <laughs> yeah. not, we are not inviting ourselves into all that chaos that we maybe would have walked. Right into at you know 28 and a half. It's so true.
1: Yeah, now we're like we're staying put. We've been here 14 years now. This is crazy. I never thought we'd be here more than two years, and like, yeah, we are here for the long haul. Oh
0: my gosh. So, what are your biggest challenges with respect to productivity and getting things done? And what has this looked like over the span of like moving from New York to Nashville, starting a family, and then where you're at right now? I think one of the biggest Challenges that I've had, and
1: I feel like this is this resonates with so many ambitious and overachieving women is saying no. Mm, <laughs> and yes. I've gotten so much better at it. Like I can actually say now that I'm good at it. And I couldn't say that for a long time, or probably for a long time, I didn't even know it was an issue. And then when I recognized it was an issue, I still wasn't great at it. And now it's like, it's like a muscle, right? And the more you use it, the more you kind of use your no mm-hmm. or not right now, or this isn't a good time, or this doesn't work for me. You start using that muscle, the easier it becomes. Mm-hmm. And so now I can say I've gotten much better at it. In fact, today I got a request from someone to put some blogging and for them, their site. And I was like, you know what? I just have too much on my plate right now. I really appreciate you asking me, but I'll have to decline the offer and so i think that has helped me tremendously because as you learn to say no or i know as i've learned to say no i've gotten more and more clarity on what it is i do want to spend my time on where i want to put my energy and i'm also you have more time you have more energy right you have more focus for it but yes. but if you're just always saying yes even the small things and i mean sometimes yes is like to yourself like I got a text. I'll respond right away. I got an email. Oh my gosh. That's not even somebody else like asking you to do something. You are like saying yes to the demands put on your plate right away, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I include all of that when I say I'm better at saying no now, like I'm better at putting up some of those boundaries. I mean, like they don't need it. They don't need to hear from me this second. I feel
0: like they need to. I want to respond
1: right away, but nobody needs that. So
0: now that you say no to things, you have no overwhelm or stress, right? Right exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's like easy peasy. It's so easy in my life. You just check that box. Like done, oh, done. Yeah. Totally solved that problem. <laughs> so, so you do practice saying no. Do what does stress and overwhelm look like in the face of like even having some good tactics and having this ability to say no and having some awareness around that. What does stress and overwhelm look like for you today? So, I mean, like I bet like many of your listeners like you, like so many of us, we're still
1: doing a ton of things even if you're mm-hmm. saying no right we have all the different hats we have mom and work and community and friends and daughter and wife you know and all the things and so even when you can say no there's still so much on our plates and you know i would imagine again anyone listening to this is in a place of growth you're like always want to have continuous growth and so we are you know, developing more and more. So that's so overwhelm is still there. I mean, it's still there. It's there all the time. It doesn't go away, <laughs> but I think it's how you manage it and how you handle it, how you react to it yeah. is where I've really changed. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really help women do is just, and I'm so honest with this. And I work with clients. I always say, so I'm not going to make it all go away forever. Like that's impossible or you would stop growing, but I want to get you to a place where you feel like you have a toolkit, you know? And so when you feel the Overwhelm or stress going on. You can reach into the toolkit. You can pull out a tool and say, "Okay, well, this is going to help me right now. kind of just get back to you know normalize it and get like recalibrate and get back right. to to
0: balance. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I want to go back. You talked a minute ago about saying no to yourself, which I think is really mm-hmm. important. And you yeah. used a really powerful example around boundaries around response times. I'm curious if you work with a lot of, high achiever, highly reactive women. (laughs) And, And I would raise my hand as a member of that club who are not necessarily only responding to outside stressors and outside expectations, but they also are responding to their own extremely high standards of how they think they should be acting in many situations or all situations and creating a ton of additional stress for themselves. swear it's like, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS.
1: Yes. I think if I ever had... If I can say the word, the balls to tattoo this on my my sleeve, I would write, "If you don't respect your time, no one else will. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't respect your time, nobody else will. Yeah. So if you've got to start with yourself, like we've got to start respecting our own time, if we expect anybody else to, I would say, like, isn't there somebody in your life, like a friend or a family member or someone that you know that even sometimes you think, well, I shouldn't really reach out to them, I'll be bothering them, or." I know if I send them a text, you know, they won't respond for a day or, you know, you always have that person who isn't quite as responsive or you almost feel like you're like taking advantage of their time or, you know, and then there are the other ones that, you know, immediately, as soon as I send something, they're going to write right back to me, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, that second and not to say that one is worse than the other or better than the other. You just have different expectations because they themselves have created different Boundaries around their time, right? And so yeah. they've kind of almost trained the other other people's expectations of what to expect. So I'm not saying that people should not respond in a timely manner, or should you know not you know be overachievers. It's just not that. But we do put undue urgency to tasks or requests or demands, uh, aka the emails and texts mm-hmm. that don't deserve it. Like, but they it will be okay if you wait. Thirty minutes or one hour—like life is not going to fall apart if we can just give ourselves a breathing room to finish what we're doing and then get back to that later.
0: I love the phrase "undo urgency" because (laughs) I think that we do that a lot, and it's not like we're not doing ourselves any favors. And I actually did an episode a couple months ago about train people how to treat you. And when we when we choose to make everything urgent. Then people treat us as if we like, we train people that we're going to always respond really quick to everything and we're not doing ourselves any favors, but we're also not the, the other thing we're not doing is we're not giving people an opportunity to like use their own coping skills sometimes. Yeah. And so yeah. we have like those friends, like very high need friends. And when you respond to them immediately all the time because you love them, which is great, but. Sometimes like people just want to throw things out there and that's part of especially external processors. So they're just like throwing their stuff out there, shooting you texts or whatever. And if you're this highly reactive, responsive person, you're responding to it all immediately and it's creating undue stress and a lot of undue urgency in your life and using up a lot of energy. And that person, sometimes they're just processing, like they're not in dire need of your response, but now you've created a, a dynamic where that's the norm for your relationship. And it takes a ton of your energy. Which is not such a good point. You're totally right. It's like you become a crutch
1: for somebody else. You know, that is such a great point. Yeah. I
0: actually caught myself over the summer and I talked about this a little bit on the podcast recently. I over the summer, I ended up working on a lot on the weekends because my childcare situation was real wonky with summer camps and things like that. And so I had less time to work during the week. And I noticed that once school started, my son got back in school, I was still working on the weekends just like, oh, I'll just do a couple things and just pop in here and do this because I was just kind of in the habit of like every day checking in on things because I had gotten in that habit in the summer. And I recognized at a certain point a couple weeks ago that now I've trained myself and other people to expect to hear from me on the weekend. And first of all, that's clearly a disservice to my own mental health and my own need for rest and restoration. But also I'm showing when I show up in my community or I'm responding to other people's messages, I am showing people who I coach around boundaries that I don't have good boundaries. (laughs) I was like, oh, this is really bad. (laughs) Like, I'm being a really bad role model by like, you know, responding to work messages on a Sunday at two. And so I think there's that piece of it too. There's like the train people how to treat you. And then there's also, what are you modeling for people? And do you want to be modeling that for people that you are someone that has no boundaries and that has the, that's constantly giving to others before yourself and not taking good care of yourself?
1: Absolutely. Do you use that boomerang app? Like yes. boomerang where you, yes. get, you sketch, right. Oh and yes, so and I totally yes, yeah. Yes. So if ahead. I am doing, and if I've given my there, are, and I say this to, to all the time, like there are plenty of times I give myself permission to work at night after the kids go to bed, or mm-hmm. because I want to, because I'm enjoying something, because it's fine. Like there are times when I'm like, this is a good use of my time for whatever reason, right? It's like later in the day because I did something with them all day, let's say. So I'm doing something at night, but yeah, same thing. But I don't want my clients to think well, she's up working at 11 o'clock at night. (laughs) So I'll put the boomerang thing for the morning exactly for those purposes, because right, you want to model it. And you know that there's a reason. I know there's a reason that I'm doing that at that time, not because I have to, but because I choose to, but I don't want them to think like, oh gosh, she's working
0: 24 seven. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I will do that if I'm in my (laughs) inbox and an email comes in and I don't want, because I really try to not spend much time in my inbox. Like I don't love it at all. Um, yeah. but So I don't want to ever set the tone that like I respond within 15 minutes. So I will respond. I will type out an email as soon as it comes in every now and then, but then I'll schedule it to go out like six hours later.
1: <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yeah.
0: I do not reply in 15 minutes. I reply in six to 24 hours <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> because, and because I know that that will, not only am I training that other person on the other end how to treat me, but I'm also like, I'm keeping true to the own, my own boundaries as well. And I think that, like I said, I think both of those are really, really important. Yeah, I totally agree. So you are a mom and a business owner and a coach and an author and like all moms, there's, that's a lot of balls in the air. So <laughs> tell us your top three tips to getting all the things done.
1: Great question. Okay.
0: So the first one I'll say is sort of a three step. So it's sort of a three
1: in one. It's like my three step process, but I share this with all my clients and it's, it's like, like all the tips we all know we should do. It's simple, but it just takes a minute to sort of just step back and do it. And I call it BPS, BPS. And so anytime when you're totally overwhelmed, like I said, happens all the time, we have a million things going on, do these three things and it's brain dump. So just write The list, like get the list out of your head because you have 7,000 things in your head, right? Write them down, brain dump, do the brain dump of everything you, you know, it's on your mind, you want to get done, all the tasks, like brain dump it. Then P is to prioritize it. So just pick, and I would say your top three to five goals, priorities for that day. So like three to five, just start there. I know maybe you can get 10 off. Maybe you think you can get 20, but you want to start with a three to five. And then schedule it, which is the S. So when exactly over the day am I going to get these top three to five priorities done? And that's it. So that's probably like I said, it's like a three in one, but it works. Anytime I'm overwhelmed, I know I have not done the brain dump. I haven't prior, you know, I haven't picked my things and I haven't put on the calendar. And like, so that's kind of a, a three in one if that helps.
0: I love that.
1: The second one I'll say is get help. Like get help.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is
1: no successful woman. There's no successful business person. There is nobody that you admire or look up to who is doing it all on her own. There just isn't. And if you think she is, you you don't know the full story, right? There is someone cleaning her house, or helping her with the kids, or you know, delivering her groceries, or you know, or a maid, or a, somebody is helping with something. So get the help. So sometimes you know this, and I know you've talked about this too. This can come in forms of hiring someone like a babysitter for $10 an hour to come and help around the house, or it could be just better utilizing the resources. Maybe there are like grocery delivery services. Maybe it's doing things on Amazon or I know target is like delivering now all the time or, you know, or so it so there's, it's like this combination of people that sometimes they're Outside of your home, sometimes you're in your home. There's a lot of delegation with your own kids, with your spouse, with, you know, people in your home. And then there's just outside resources, but get the help, get help because all you're going to do otherwise is burn yourself out and, you know, just things fall through the cracks and then you feel like a failure and it's
0: all terrible from there. Yes. Yes. And I'll say, I actually, every time someone outsources something and they come back and tell me about it, they're like, why did I wait? so long to do this. I actually just this week had someone post in my member group. She's like, we just had meal delivery for the first time and my life has completely changed. <laughs> so yeah, like we think that we have to, we hear this things over and over again, like, oh, I should get someone to clean or I should get someone to do this or that or the other thing. And then we finally do it and we're like, oh, I've wasted years of my life right. not doing this. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And I would say just pick one of them. Make like your list of the
1: things I could be, I know I should be getting help for and just do one. I think sometimes we don't move forward because it feels like there's so many things. So pick one, just pick one and pick that one and you know, do that one. Start with that.
0: I love it. And what's the third? And
1: then my third, my third is probably the most counterintuitive one, but, and I know we'd have a lot of this in, in common of, of talking about this and preaching about this, but just giving yourself Some quiet time, which is the most counterintuitive thing ever when you're completely overwhelmed Mm -hmm. and you're going crazy. But that's what all the magic happens, whether it's like, so I'm always like there's a 15, 15 minutes, what you can get done 15 minutes is mind blowing. Like maybe it's a five minute meditation a five minute gratitude journal and five minutes of stretching, you know, and there's lots of ways to play around with that 15 minutes. Maybe it's 10 minutes. This doesn't have to be hours a day or even getting to the gym or anything. Just that few minutes of stepping away, like getting outside of the chaos Mm -hmm. just settles your, well, well, first of all, physically it actually like brings down your heart rate and then mentally it like settles your mind, you know, spiritually it just kind of brings you to the forefront. And then it's kind of like the times you're in the shower and you get the bright idea or you remember the thing or, you know, that's sort of like when that happens, your mind just gets to rest for a moment so we can bring the important things, you know, to the front and, and really get clear, get some, a little bit of clarity. So I say that one is really big and probably the worst that most women are, you know, just not really good at. <laughs> giving yeah,
0: yourself. I would agree. And I think that one of the things I've been talking about in my membership community around this is especially for So I have a lot of members who want to like constantly be learning and doing better and doing more and which is great and real admirable, but also sometimes that's at the expense of having any quiet or any downtime. And it's like this relentless pursuit of, we actually have joked about like the perfectionistic view of self-care or the perfectionistic practice of self-care, which can be real exhausting. I'm just trying to do all the self-care all the time. And now I'm like way more stressed out. And so, one of the things that I try to be really conscientious of is if a day is particularly stressful, then when I go to pick my son up at school, I'm going to intentionally not listen to a podcast on the way, or I'm going to not listen to music even. Or maybe I'll listen to music that will help me like relax and destimulate. But a lot of times I'm intentionally just being quiet on the way to pick up, or I'm drying my hair and putting on my makeup in quiet rather than having a podcast blaring. As much as I love that consumption of content and I love learning, I also need the destimulation time sometimes. And so to be conscientious of around when do you need what thing on a given day, I think is really, really powerful.
1: Yeah, that's so smart. I totally agree. I, that's exactly what I do. It's so funny. Yeah. A lot of my times in the pickup time, I just, well, I put on like my favorite, a favorite music, you know, just yeah. to like, Something gets me kind of dancing in the car <laughs> just to like yeah. get a break from all the business stuff, from all the yeah. real life stuff. You know, yeah.
0: Yeah. I had actually stopped, I had completely stopped listening to music until probably about a year ago because I was constantly like, oh, I need to have an audiobook or a podcast, like be learning. Yeah. And like, and then I realized that I had like no air because right. my brain was trying to always be I was trying to make my brain always be active and engaged. And then I started listening to music again for the first time in a long time. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is such a gift. <laughs> this whole, and I joke about it. I'm like, I mean, I posted about this on social media. I was like, why did I not know about this thing called Spotify? <laughs> so ridiculous. My husband forever had been like, my husband loves Spotify. And I was like, I told him one day, I was like, so I discovered Spotify today. He's like, yeah, we have a family account. Like I had gone in and created my own account and everything. He's like We already have a family account that you can get into anytime. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know this. Like, I really did not even know like what one could do with Spotify. So now I'm a big fan, but I really needed that like reminder um, and that refresh around like your brain does not have to always be in pursuit of learning and getting better. Yeah, I, I love that
1: example. That's so funny.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what is the number one thing that you hear moms say is missing from their day?
1: So it's actually just what we spoke about, which is that that downtime, right? Yes. think, that time for me, but I also think I think it's like that's what I hear the most during the day. But I also think in general, in crazy mom life, they feel like that's missing something for them. Only them is missing. So it's typically it usually ends up being either something health related or a hobby related, like, or no, or relationship. I'd say those three, those are the three. So it's either like, I've let myself go. I don't have time to go to the gym or I used to paint all the time or I used to, you know, whatever. So, or, you know, and I, I never do that anymore, or I never don't have any more time with my girlfriends or I wish I had date night, you know, it's one of those, but it comes down to like something that's really important to them that they've sort of let go. And I think this is so important for us to talk about because we tend to focus either on a lot of the things we want to do professionally or everything for our family, for our kids, right? Like mm-hmm. like there's so many goals we're always setting, but rarely are these the personal goals that are a bit, a bit longer term for mm-hmm. yourself. Yes. And this is something I, when I work with my clients, I always create professional and personal goals. And I feel like that always surprises them because they're like, wait, what, what, what? I got to do something for me. And in fact, I make them I'm like, you have to have at least one personal goal, something you feel like it's missing that you want to have back in your life. And I had one of my clients recently who had, she had two small children. She was working full time. And, you know, we went through this process and she was like, I didn't even occur to me. It didn't even occur to me that I could have time for myself or that I should be thinking of a goal for myself right now. You know, like she's like, I have my, pro- I have my professional goals. My goals are my children to raise a good family. You know, she's like, it didn't even occur to me that like, I should be thinking about that, <laughs> like something that I want to get back to. So I think that's, what's really missing. It's beyond, it's not just the day, but it's just like an overall feeling a little bit like I've lost this piece of me.
0: how can we start to create space to integrate stuff that's just for us, especially for moms who feel like that is just so foreign.
1: Well, first is just getting clarity on what that is. That sounds so basic there. I know it sounds That's like, hard Whoa. though. That's. I mean, yeah. mom
0: say that to me all the time. They're like, I would love to have a passion. But how does one go about finding that? <laughs> yeah. And then I think,
1: and they're like, oh, I'd love to have more time for myself. I'd like. Right. well, then what would you do with that time? You know, I would love to get back to my hobby. Well, what's your hobby? You know, I think that like, it's really got to start with that clarity. And there is, there is something that you love doing. Maybe it is music. Maybe it's reading books. Maybe you used to, you used to read fiction books and you didn't. Maybe it was- drawing. Maybe it was just going to the movies. Maybe it was, you know, everybody has something they really enjoyed at one time or would like to get back to, or, you know, I think you just got to get really clear and be thinking about that. What is that thing that to quote Marie Kondo to spark joy, you know, what sparks joy to you? What would make you feel really good? And when you're crystal clear on that, then it's not like, Oh, I just need time for myself or I need time to think. Now it's like, I need times that I can get back and read my, you know, one fiction book a month, You know, mm-hmm. like it becomes very clear of exactly what you're trying to achieve, because otherwise it's just a little bit vague. It's kind of out there like I need more time. I would, you know, Um, so start there. I'd say, first of all, start there. And then when you're really clear on what that thing is that you want for yourself, then start scheduling that time on your calendar, just like you would your kids activities or your hair appointment or your doctor's appointments or your meetings at work. Put that on the calendar because if it's not on the calendar, it doesn't happen, right? So like put that reading time. Is it 30 minutes every night while you're in bed? Is it 30 minutes you wake up 30 minutes earlier in the morning? Is it every afternoon? Is it, you know, on the weekends an hour each day? Like when are you actually scheduling that in? Just like it's a meeting because it's meaningful for you. So it's meaningful enough for you to commit to it at a certain time.
0: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So I started this at the beginning of, in January of 2019, I just started massively time blocking everything on my schedule. And that doesn't mean that I always get to do all the things that I want, but it reminds me. So one of the examples I've given before on the show is that I block every Friday. I block two hours in the middle of the day for Fun Friday. And there's plenty of Fridays, and this is not a good thing, I'm not bragging, there's plenty of Fridays that Fun Friday gets overrun by other things. Right. But here's the thing if I choose to schedule something else during that time, Fun Friday still stays on my calendar. So when I go to do the other thing that I've chosen to put in its place, so for example, tomorrow I'm doing an interview during that time, I will get a reminder that Fun Friday is supposed to be starting. And then it's this like accountability check like, you failed at Fun Friday this week, mm-hmm. <laughs> which mm-hmm. is really valuable to me because it reminds me like you didn't do what you said you were going to do. And so what are you going to do about that? And so I often will say, okay, since I needed to do something else in that time, now what can I do instead? And even if I don't get a two-hour block, I'm like, what can I do for 15 minutes tomorrow for Fun Friday? That I can still have something in that in place of, you know, make some sort of substitution because I think that, like you said, if it's not on the schedule, it doesn't happen. And if it's not on the schedule, we will lose all sense of awareness of it. And so I think that even if I, like I said, if I override it with something else, and I still have a reminder on there that's like, oh shoot, today's supposed to, you're supposed to do fun Friday today. Like <laughs> don't be don't. It's totally
1: true. Yeah. It's so true. So funny, I have on mine on Friday. So my one of my big goals for this year, cause actually very much in keeping with what we're talking about right now is getting a handle on my photos. Like it is out of control. Like the photos. And so mm. I have this this whole schedule of what I want to do making these photo books and all this stuff, whatever. But I I blocked out an hour and a half every Friday. And probably for the literally the last month, and it's the last like that's like three 30 to five, like that last part of the day. I haven't done it. We've been traveling. We've had like a soccer game, you know, we've had something. And it's so funny you say this because tomorrow I'm looking at my schedule and I was like, Oh, it's free. Like I'm not doing anything. Like I'm getting back to my photos, but you're so right. If I hadn't seen it there because I'd missed it for the month, I probably would just completely have forgotten about that whole project. Um, and so you're so right. It completely heightens that awareness and just kind of yeah, life doesn't go perfectly, but you have some like a roadmap or something to get back to when you can.
0: This episode is supported by Neutrafol. Did you know that hair thinning will happen to approximately one in two women? If you're among them, you are not alone. Thinning hair is normal, but it's not openly talked about. So it can feel lonely and frustrating and sometimes even embarrassing when you're going through it yourself. Join the over 1 million people who are doing something about their thinning hair with Neutrafol. Nutrafol is the number 1 dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. Oh my gosh, I am a heavy shedder, so if you are a heavy shedder or if you are someone who's wanting to thicken your hair, I definitely want you to try out Nutrafol. I have loved using it myself and I know multiple other people who've used it and have found great results. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In a clinical study, 86 percent of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplement for six months. Find out why 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Go to Nutrafol.com. That's N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code SHAMELESS. Nutrafol.com, code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should Payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. EarnIn is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. So- Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes. And now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earnin can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, When I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, like I'll admit, when I first put Fun Friday on my calendar last January, it took me like two months before I did the first one. Like I already had things booked and like it just, it took forever. But now I have this ongoing awareness around like, you need to do something fun for yourself on Friday. And even if it fluctuates from week to week. So it is, I think something that is, there's like the awareness around it. And then there's an adaptability around it that like, it takes some time to implement. It takes some time to like (laughs) remind yourself to show up for yourself. Then it becomes, then you start to get positive reinforcement from it. Like, oh, that felt really good to do that. And I really love that. And now I have something to look forward to and I can't wait to do it again. And I think that's really valuable. Yeah, I agree with all of that 100%. I'm right on board with you. So what do you say to moms? So we're talking about structure here, structure and calendaring and scheduling. What do you say to moms who say, I can't have structure. My home, my kids, my life are all unpredictable and everything is constantly changing. So I kind of call BS on that (laughs) because because they're not wrong. I mean, because I had someone tell me this when my son was really little. She was like, everything changes every three months. So don't ever get used to anything. And I was like, you just ruined my world.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I mean, that's just life. Life is unpredictable. Everything is constantly changing. So I don't really buy that. I think it's sort of an easy way to get out of Mm. uh, not – Getting the, like almost having an excuse for not getting yeah. things done that are important to you or not prioritizing or like victim not even you know, mentality, sort of like, it's yes, it is. It, and I really call BS on it. I feel like at some level, so everybody has structure in their life, even if you feel like I'm the most unstructured person, I can't have structure. Okay, you get your kids to school on time, you get yourself possibly to work, you people in your family are fed and bathed, you, you know, even brushing your teeth at night like that is all structure, like there is some level of structure going on in your life. Structure is just some type of organization around your everyday activities. So, everybody has some of it. So, to think that you don't have any is just, it's just not true, first of all. So, it's a mindset I think that keeps you in that like stuck mentality of like why I can't get past, you know, what I'm doing right now or how life is and why it's operating that way. So, first of all, I'd say change that mindset because you already have some structure. We just want to make it a little bit, you know, a little bit more, a little bit more routine. So, it helps you achieve your goals, not feel as much as kind of in this self-sabotaging failure kind of place and just moving forward. And like you mentioned, be a really good role model too for your family and your kids. So given all that, if I put all that aside, I'd say one thing is that I think that people who do have that mentality feel that if they put structure in place, every single moment of their day is going to be planned out, mm-hmm. right? Like everything is going to be in a structure. And it's just not like that. I mean, and that brings me back to that top. Remember I saying pick your pup, excuse me, your top three to five priorities, pick just your top three to five priorities for the day and plan those out over your day. That does not take you 16 hours, right? It should be like, it should be 30 minutes here, 45 minutes there, 15 minutes there, an hour there, you know? And so when you start giving yourself just some priorities to shoot towards and not packing out every minute, you allow flexibility. So when things do change, when your kid just, Vomit in the back seat. Mm. <laughs> it's okay. You can clean it up and then move the time that you had on your calendar because you've left some white space, right? You're not like blocking out every minute, and you can move it and get back to the plan.
0: Yeah,
1: I think that it. What there's this feeling of you never feel like trying to. I don't know. Like and I'm always trying to like watch what I eat or you know be healthier. And if one meal I totally blow it or like in between I just eat like a plate of cookies. I mean one response could be like, oh, I'm done. Forget it. I'm not going to start over next month or next week. Or I could say, all right, that sucked. I I really fell off the wagon, but I'll eat a healthier dinner tonight. Mm -hmm. I think it's the same way with your schedule. You can have something planned and it go totally awry and you can either just throw it out the window and say, I can't do structure. Or you can say, all right, that didn't go as planned, but I'll just pick it up, you know, in one hour from now and get to the next thing I was planning. So, I think that's really how we have to go with it is, yes, life is changing and life is unpredictable, but it doesn't mean that
0: everything just, you know, gets thrown out the window all the time. Right, right. And what do you say when someone does have those, I mean, and I'm curious if this happens in your programs. I think inevitably when we decide, we're like, I'm going to take control of my schedule. I'm going to take back my time. I'm going to do things for me. And And we're like, Monday's the day. And you designate this time in this place and you're super excited and that is literally like that is always the day that your kid gets sick or that your course. husband falls down the stairs or that you design- – <laughs> like it always happens. And so what do we do when we have these like periods where we're completely motivated and then completely derailed and how do we get ourselves back on track or remotivated to go back to those things that, you know, took a lot of motivation to get started with in the first place?
1: That's such a good question because that is so real life. I'd say start small. Yes. So- Typically, one of the reasons that even does happen, like, yes, you're right. That's the day everyone will get sick or that's the day, you know, something just terrible happens. But chances are you planned so big for that day that you completely lost all your mojo, right? So if you're <laughs> like, I want to clean out the entire garage today on Monday, that's always, you know, it's, that is so ridiculously big. Like, even if things went perfectly, chances of you getting that done is going to be, you know, not happen. It's just too much. Right. But if it was like, I'm going to go through this one box in the corner of the garage, (laughs) you know, that is a lot more likely to happen whether your day is derailed or not, you know, and it doesn't, it's not such a big blow when it doesn't happen because it's like, Oh, it was just a box. I can get to it later again, move it around, pick it up in the morning. And so I think you almost got to start there. Is when we're planning, don't overplan. Don't plan for these whole days. Don't plan. I always but just plan on like thirty minutes at most. You know, thirty minute blocks at most. Because yeah, everything else is too unpredictable right now. And um, and also there's this idea of small wins. Like the more small wins you can build up over your day, the better you feel at the end of the day. So if you only were counting on one win, and that was to organize the garage, and that didn't happen. Well, guess what? You feel like a big failure. If you had five little wins over the day and you hit three or four of them,
0: you still feel end up feeling pretty good because you hit a lot of them, right? Totally. Do you track small wins throughout the day? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So oh I gosh. go through phases where I'll like literally write down things, and sometimes the thing I write things I write down, I'm like people would laugh if they were to look at this, but it makes me feel so good. And there's days where I'm not working on big projects. And so I can't at the end of the day, be like you know, major accomplishment done. So instead I'm tracking like little things and feeling really, really good about that. And it makes me feel like at the end of the day on a day where I don't really feel like I accomplished something that truly moved the needle, quote unquote, I've still accomplished things that matter or things that matter to me, even if they might be laughable to others. Yes. And this is like another thing that women are
1: terrible at, which is like celebrating the small wins, right? Right. We're like, everything has to be a big win. And and we do so much during the day and there's just no gratitude for ourselves, like self-gratitude on like everything you've gotten done. We always tend to focus on what we didn't do instead of what we did do. So if you get like 20 things done on that list, but you didn't get the 22nd.
0: All we're doing is focusing on the, you know,
1: 21 and 22 instead of the 20 we did. so Exactly.
0: Yeah. And I, yeah, I think we focus on what we didn't do. And then we focus on everyone else over there. They Like we got to number 20, but those everyone else, those other moms that pick up, they got to item 25 today.
1: <laughs> That's right. Yeah, they did. Sure. <laughs> and, then,
0: and then when we actually have a conversation, we were like, oh, they only got to number 13. We're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we all have our all of our lists are too long, so it's fine. That's right. I love it. So tell us about your book, "Accomplish It: Seven Simple Actions to Get the Right Things Done and Achieve Your Goals," and the biggest takeaways that you want moms to get out of the book. That title is a mouthful, but
1: I am so excited about this book right now, but I've got to tell you, I was so nervous when I released it because I get really personal in it. Mm -hmm. And I've heard though, now I'm so excited about it because I've heard from so many women that they feel like they're reading about themselves or their lives. I hear this, like people writing to me, like, how did you know what was going on in my head? How did you know what's going on in my life? Because I get into the really messy and the real and hysterical stuff that happens. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'd say, And it's broken up into the seven simple actions, and actions is an acronym for seven actions, like A C T I O N S. Are the there's seven actions, and so they're broken up into those like seven chapters. So there's like great stories. I think stuff that all moms and women can relate to, and then how to take a simple action on that to get out of that overwhelm or the chaos. And so what the biggest takeaway that I would want anyone to get from that is to focus on just one, like embrace the simplicity. So I end the book, spoiler alert, I'm just telling you. (laughs) To to end it, it says, okay, you've read all through these now and hopefully one or two or maybe all seven like hit a chord with you, but just pick one. Pick one of the, go to the chapter, there's the seven chapters, Here's, here's like your recap. And now, which is the one that you're like, okay, that is so me, like, or I absolutely need to do that, that, you know, that really resonates with me and take action on that. Mm -hmm. And, and that is how habits are built. And that's how transformations are made. Not by doing seven different changes at one time, it's just picking one. So that's what I really want people to take away from it is that you know, it's fun and it's real and messy and it's life, but it's, it can be simple if we allow it to just be simple and focus on one.
0: Right. Right. I think it also helps a ton to have it be relatable. (laughs) People are like, Oh yes, I see myself in that. And if you can see yourself in the messiness of it, then you can also see hope for yourself when you see, you know, you as the writer having a, a result or positive outcome as part of a solution.
1: Yeah, definitely. I met my friend, my roommate from college, my freshman year roommate. And we're still really good friends. And she, she just texted me when she was reading it. She's like, did you really do that? Did you like? It was so funny throughout the book. I'm like, yes, this is like actually my life. I know it doesn't seem like it, but
0: so I know funny. it seemed like I got it all together, but it was pretty funny. I love yeah. it. I Oh my gosh. It's so funny. Well, and I also love that we, I think there's so many of us that. Look at other women thinking that they have it all together, and none of us do. And I've been blown away, especially in the last five years or so, as I've gotten to hang out with some really, really successful women. I've been blown away by how little anyone has it together. Like it's such a relief. Everyone's figuring it out as they go, everyone has their stuff, their mess, and we always will. (laughs) Even though we always feel like we're in pursuit of making the mess get less messy, we will always still have our mess.
1: Always, always. And that's
0: what makes life interesting. Yes. And we become better managers of our mess.
1: We do. (laughs) We do.
0: Yes. So tell us in what ways you are currently showing up as a shameless mom. Mm,
1: I try. So for a long time, I was actually keeping a list of this daily. I was trying to do this daily challenge every day. So I will say I've fallen off my list, but I think it has become, like I was saying earlier, um, like a muscle I've been using in the daily challenge Was doing something out of my comfort zone every day. Ooh, I like that. (laughs) But I did it for only. But it was and weekends were off, so it was just like Monday through Friday. (laughs) Weekends Um, are comfy and cozy. That's right. That's right. That's like yeah, that's comfortable. And it was really cool. But I think it's almost. I'm still doing things and not writing it. I'm not quite tracking it quite as much. But because I've been using the muscles so much, things just aren't. as You created a habit. Yes, it's like things. I would definitely not say nothing's out of my comfort zone. I mean, there's a lot of things out of my comfort zone, but it's become so much less scary and less uncomfortable for me. So mm-hmm. this could mean every anything from like jumping on a Facebook live, which I hated, And now I'm like, oh my, I'm just walking back in the gym and I'll jump on one. Like it has become like not a big deal, you know, like for me Nice. or like reaching out to you, Sarah, like when I was, and I, would be I like, know you like, Oh my God, would she ever even want to talk to me? Will she, <laughs> you know, and now I'm like, all oh, right, reaching out to all these people. I'm like, this is, it's just fine. Maybe they'll say yes, maybe they'll say no, but it's not a big deal or, even if it's like dealing with a pile of papers that I've been putting off forever, like that's out of my comfort zone because it's a lot more comfortable to just let it sit there. Right. right. And so even that would be one of those things. And so I would say that's just how I'm, I'm trying to live my life now. And you're, you're a great inspiration. It's like just doing something every day that feels a little brave or a little bit uncomfortable or just a little bit like a stretch out of what would you know just keep me really warm and cozy.
0: And that's what I'm trying to do. I love that. And I have to say, when we do that, I think that what we realize is nothing is really that big of a deal. And <laughs> yes. we make things a really big deal. Like going on Facebook Live, we're like, oh my God, what if I die? Like, but you're not going to. It's gonna be fine. Or what if I reach out to someone to be on their show and they say no? Well, so they're probably not gonna say no. And also if they do, Oh well, there's other shows you can reach out to. So there's, we create like such catastrophes in our mind. And like, it's, it's all fine. It's, it's all totally fine. And I remember I was training for a half marathon when my son was one. And I remember showing up for the 11 mile training run with this running group and I was freaking out. It was a super windy day. I was completely convinced that a tree was going to fall on my head. I literally was like, said to the coach, I'm like, I think I should have worn a helmet. Like what if a tree falls on my head while I'm running 11 miles and then I die and then my son doesn't have a mom. And she was like staring at me like I was crazy. And she said, she's like, you're going to be fine. And I was like, no, like I need more than that. She's like, I'm just telling you you're going to be fine. And then I was like, this run's going to be really slow because it's so windy. She's like, you're going to be fine. And she said it like 18 times and I was actually really annoyed. And then we got done with the run and I was like, that's all you need to know is you're going to be fine. Like whatever the big, huge thing is where you think you're going to die in the windstorm on a run, you're going to be fine. (laughs) So just do the thing.
1: Yes. Yeah. I think the question to ask ourselves is, is this going to kill me? And if the answer is no,
0: then probably you could do it. Yeah. Right. Right. I was actually in an event a couple of weeks ago and um, this woman was talking about her coach and her coach always says to her, when you do this, it's not going to make you pregnant and it's not going to make you die. So you'll be fine. (laughs) So that was like her barometer for like everything. Is this going to make me pregnant or kill me? Nope. Okay. I guess I have to do it then. <laughs> That's so funny. I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Oh my gosh. This has been so fun. I so appreciate you being here. So can you tell our listeners where they can find you, where they can connect with you, where they can get the book, all those kinds of things?
1: Sure. Yeah. I am all things. Life is organized. So lifeisorganized.com. I'm on Life Is Organized on Facebook. I'm really mostly on Facebook. I'm not that great about the Instagrams, I got to tell you, but I'm on there. And um, if you come on over to my site, there is a great little download that you might enjoy, a free download called 21 Killer Hacks to Stop Feeling Overwhelmed. And that's lifeisorganized.com forward slash hacks, H-A-C-K-S. But shoot me an email if you get on there, connect with me on Facebook, do all the things because I love to connect. I love to talk and obviously I can talk forever. So yeah, come on over. And you can also find out about the book there. There's a a link right there to the book, or you can just go over to lifeisorganized.com forward slash accomplish it.
0: Nice. Excellent. So we have all that. We'll have it all linked up in the show notes for you, starting with the website over at lifeisorganized.com and then everything else you just mentioned so people can reach out and connect. Thank you so much for being here. This was really great and I really appreciate you taking the time. Right back at you. Thank you so much. This was
1: so much fun and just keep inspiring like you do all the time, Sarah. Thank you. Oh my you. gosh,
0: you too.